Last time, I ranted about how lame it is to be an atheist. So to make it fair, we're going to turn the tables and talk about issues with religious belief, in particular, Christianity. Michael will finally let loose his biggest gripes about the belief system, its adherence, and also, I will probably join him as I have a few critiques to make of American Christianity myself. Get ready, because this one is gonna be spicy. David. And welcome back to the Facing the Gates podcast. As I mentioned in the intro, we are talking about problems with Christians. I should specify that it's not intrinsically Christianity so much as it is certain adherents of Christianity and the that power pose problems. In the U.S. especially? Yes, of course. That's the in the title, uh, Christians in America, because that's where our experience is. Um, also, um, as a preface, my personal issues that I'll be bringing up in this episode, of which I have seven, largely have to do with my own background and experience. Not all churches may have these problems, but many of them are issues with Christianity as a whole. Also, some of this may overlap with discussions we've had previously, uh, primarily in the Problem of Christians episode. So when I when we recorded that episode before, um, I mentioned that was kind of going to be the issues at a broad, uh, the kind of the, the broad scope of issues. And this is going to be the one where we f focus in on specific things that we think are issues. God Sorry bless your that, poor guys. bastard soul. Um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, did, you hurt, did you hurt your sternum? My ribs and my back. Oof. I, like I top center of my back. How, how you had to add the word bastard. <laughs> you have to be 100% correct. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, I am a baby out of wedlock. Same here. Wow. All right. Join the club. What? <laughs> That's why we had to start the podcast. That's the real reason. Uh, anyway. You know what I It's not important. Uh, so... One other thing I wanted to mention before we get into the specifics is, at least from my perspective, when I am going to critique certain aspects of Christians and the Christian community, it's coming from a place of love. It is, I want Christians to work on these seven things and the churches to work on these seven things, if anyone listens to this um, hope people take them seriously because uh i want them to improve it's not because i'm just trying to rag on christians and roast them and tell everyone how terrible they are even though i was joking about that being the case um i obviously do hope that these are things that can be implemented in scenarios if 
people listen to this yeah, hypothetically just like last time when we were ragging on david it's not because we're attacking david's belief system yeah that was more of a critique atheism. of atheism yeah and we're not necessarily attacking overall we're just trying to pull some thought right make people the main point think. of that episode was to say if you have a belief have a reason for it yeah the point of this episode is to kind of fix hopefully uh point out some issues with christian communities and to provide potential solutions to those issues um that being said i can turn it over to you guys to list some issues or i can just go um in order i think a lot of our issues are going to be probably the same and i can just skip around in my in my notes and and talk about whatever you're talking about but it's up to you if you want to go first you can or if you want me to go first i can i'll hit it with the biggest one for me all right what is it and this deals with the problem of tolerance is the lack of in certain christian sectors accountability yeah i and, I, I was thinking about bringing that <laughs> and justice of sorts on the earthly plane because of course we are not the final judge we're not the final juror but actions have reactions in this world yeah and i don't like people in power which this also ties into another issue i have but christians have been in power in america for as long as america's been here right. different sectors of christians over time it has changed but christians in general right <clears throat> have been in power the issue to kind of touch base on a realistic viewpoint is how many scandals has a christian church had in america that have been covered up by the church pulling its strings and, not, and just, not allowing for the accountability, not allowing for the personal growth of f being told, hey, that's wrong. And publicly owning up to it, basically. And owning up to it and therefore allowing for earthly justice to commence and then allowing the person in the wrong to learn from the experience. Right. Because I'm not here to demonize anybody. I'm just asking if you make a mistake, you own up to it and you learn from it because that to me is Christ-like right. is attempt. Well, trying to be Christ-like because no one's Christ-like. Yeah. And one of the biggest ones is especially back in the day is people would kill people in the church would help cover it up or people. Let's try and, if this is a different thing, let's try and focus on one thing because I, I have some things yeah. on that too. Well, it's mainly but if it ties into that. Mainly the corruption that comes with power and identifying the church as a power structure in American <clears throat> political and judicial sense. And to dig a little deeper into that, into like the family structure of like quote unquote heavily devout Christians, where someone makes them make something well does something that is heavily morally wrong say rape or murder and then the family instead of addressing the issue they cover it up 
look at uh the Duggar family from the TLC show and eight well 17 18 19 kids accounting one of their kids is going to prison for ch uh child porn and molestation instead of addressing those issues because those issues are shown to prop up and say early adolescence and then if not addressed they tend to get worse instead of addressing it it's been all swept up under and now he's going to prison for probably possibly the rest of his life yeah. or say like a more common occurrence is kids that happen to fall into drugs instead of addressing the issue. It's like, Oh, okay. He'll just go to church. He'll be fine. And the kid's still jacked up on shooting dope or whatnot. And instead of doing the Christian thing, trying to help them work on themselves and both spiritually and physically, just kind of like, oh, no, we're a perfect family. We're good Christians. We wouldn't have that problem. Or they shy them away. Yeah. They either become the black sheep or they end up being swept up on the rug. Yeah, that's uh, this is actually one of the things I had on my list is unrepentant leaders. Because um, like you guys have said, too often we hear about scandals in various churches. Many entail sexual abuse. Others involve the misuse of money. Some entail manipulation, and a few of them entail all of these things. Um, if you are in a position of leadership, you need to lead by example. If you slip up, people will be watching to see how you react. People who can't admit when they've done wrong do not deserve to be leaders, period. Jesus gave us two commandments, love God and love others. Out of those two, everything else should flow. If a so-called Christian leader can't follow these two simple laws, they don't need to lead. Christians need a higher standard for their leaders, and there need to be repercussions if leaders fail. And in terms of specific issues, obviously there's a million of them, but I think in recent memory, um, at least in the Protestant apologetic world, which I wasn't really that big of a fan of him, but Ravi Zacharias, um, I think I mentioned it to you guys yeah, we, we've a couple months this. ago. Um, now, RZIM, which is his ministry team, I think handled it appropriately because they conducted an investigation and that's how the whole report came out and everybody knew officially what happened because there's rumors for years, but there was never a proper investigation done. Now, I think they did the right thing by doing this However, I don't know if this is a political move on their part to make it seem like they're doing the right thing. Who knows how much yeah. they knew beforehand because this has been had been going on for years. Yeah. But bottom line is there needs to be accountability. Intrinsic to Christianity is the idea of repentance. You have to admit when you've done wrong. And turn from that. And like you said, don't cover it up. Face the repercussions. Yeah. Right. You've but got to admit you're wrong. You've got to seek forgiveness and you have to give forgiveness. Because especially when you don't do that and then people find out, then they're like, oh, he did that and he did it until he died and he, he was called out on it and he still didn't turn back. So he was completely unrepentant and kind of what like he did. It, it, put him kind of more well-known terms, like Bill Cosby. Everyone thought Bill Cosby, like the dad next door, the good, kind man. And then he turns out to be a 
fucking monster. Yeah. Now it happened before he died, and now he's still sitting in prison. But it's leading that facade of, oh, we're perfect. Yeah. yeah. While having dirty laundry. And Christians are held to a higher standard and they're expected to be squeaky clean. They're not going to be. Yeah. We just expect them to be because they're Christians. Well, not but just the- Christians, but anyone who is because like, for example, you. I might put you on a slightly higher standard, but it's because I know who you are. Mm-hmm. Where, say, someone that either is in a position of power or touts it. Yeah. I expect them because that's their expectation for me to view them as. Right. Well, that's what I'm getting at is a lot of the time, especially with celebrity celebrity pastor culture, where, you know, or, or apologist culture for that matter, we will put certain Christian figures on a pedestal, which is problematic in its own right, because it's almost like idolatry, um, which is not an issue that I mentioned, but hey, maybe that's an issue. Um, it is. But... Basically, um, we'll put these people on a pedestal and expect more of them. And then when they slip up, everyone, especially the media, will jump on to that and say, look at this Christian, how they failed, how terrible. And yeah, it looks bad when you slip up, but it looks way worse when you slip up, don't admit it, and then it comes out. Yeah. And you act like you were perfect in the first place. And and the biggest issue with this, and and that's going to be a theme with this episode, is... Christians who do this delegitimize Christianity because Christians are associated with Christianity. When people see Christians who are failures, they think that Christianity is worthless. Religion. Right. And also to tie into this with another do you guys have anything else to speak on this Not issue? Bad. Another issue I have, and it really ties in a lot to the first issue, is when you are looking for forgiveness, looking for repentance, or you're looking to learn and possibly change your ways, a lot of people are pushed away from the church because of their race, their sexual preference, their history. I mean, how many non-white people did we have going to our youth group? Basically none. If I remember, maybe one every now and, and then in the but, beginning. Right. But basically, yeah, basically. No. And then when it came out that someone was gay, instead of talking to them and trying to understand them, it was shun them. Yeah. And I think a lot of churches shun people away who are problematic or have problems instead of especially I see it a lot in the South. Mm hmm. Because that's where we're located. Right. But instead of letting them own their faults and learn and grow, they're pushed away. Yeah, Just I, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, like um, when back in the day when someone had a child out of wedlock, you wouldn't see them again. They would be... Yeah, you're like socially outcasted. Yeah. And so yeah. like, okay... They might have made a mistake, but they can turn it into something good. Yeah, or if or like, it happened, so let's move on. Let's learn from this. Yeah, so that's actually not one I had on my list, but it is a good um, thing to mention is um, 
ironically, Christians are not supposed to be super judgy and judgmental. But they are. But yet they will oftentimes be the most judgmental people you will meet. But um, there, there's a nuance here because a lot of people will point to um, a certain passage. I think it's in Matthew where Jesus says not to judge one another. Um, obviously, if you truly don't judge anyone at all, you have no right to say anything about anyone ever. So it doesn't mean that. It means clear clear yourself when when it talks about like get rid of the plank in your own eye before you can see the splinter on someone else's or something along those lines um get yourself right on a certain issue because you can't call someone out on that issue while you're being a hypocrite so it's it's a calling to judge rightly and obviously christians need to make judgment calls and and say when something's wrong or right and there need to be repercussions. However, it doesn't need to be overtly shameful. There are a lot of topics, especially in religious circles. Uh, for example, sex. Extremely taboo to talk about. Um, and so it's just not talked about. Mm -hmm. And how do you expect to instill sexual morals and ethics in, in people without really talking about that at all. Yeah, and, like, we've had these discussions before, and, like, for some topics, we heavily disagree on, like, the question laid out, but we end up with, like, the same angle. Like, we need to educate and inform people, like, this is what happens. And not like, only that, but just make it not so taboo to talk about, because it's one of the... Especially sex, it's one of the factors of life. Yeah, it needs to be... There needs to be an openness to talk about... Really, there needs to be an openness to talk about anything. Yeah. Like, even bringing up religious questions to the pastor, sometimes you can get shunned from asking certain questions. Yeah, so having having doubts oftentimes mm -hmm. can be... Um, can be shunned. Do we have anything else on this topic? Because I do have one that kind of relates to this. No, I think that was just kind of a general, especially in our area, is people being shunned away because they have problems. Yeah, I, I think a lot of this has to do with um, what I would say is pushing fundamentalism. Yeah. And what I mean by fundamentalism is a strict, literal interpretation of many things in the Bible, particularly of the book Genesis and Revelation. There are differing views on these things, and requiring people to adhere to a dogmatic reading of ambiguous and debatable texts is, in my opinion, unnecessary. The problem with fundamentalism is it gets wrapped up in a number of other issues. Distrust of science, political idolatry, which I'll talk about later, elitism, and just overall closed-minded a closed-minded attitude and unwillingness to have a conversation with people who think differently. I think this turns people off to Christianity more than anything, and it makes Christians look dumb. So that kind of ties in to what we were just talking about with oh, certain things definitely. being shunned. It's especially shunned in more fundamentalist circles that kind of have that tendency of uh, Yeah, because, I belief. mean, there's two things. 
one, as like we've spoken about Genesis and with Revelations time back to Genesis, I think you've talked about that a little bit. They're both very poetic in how they're written. So they're not meant to be taken word for word necessarily. Yeah. At and, least the early chapters of yeah, Genesis. And also and then uh, Jesus spoke to people yeah. who were vastly different from him. What what do you want to do what Jesus did? Right. I mean, don't believe he is the son of God, but pretty decent dude from what I've heard. Yeah. And it it, it just falls back. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Did you have anything to add on that, Michael? Nah. Do you guys do you guys have any other yeah. things off the top of your head before I, I go I, on with my other that, that's like probably five million issues. Biggest issue is the rise of fundamentalism leading to anti-science, anti-intellectualism. So you yeah. would say the rise of extremism, much like the rise of extremist Islamics. Well, I wouldn't say it's In necessarily extremist, cultish? but it, it it is kind of cultish. There I mean, are extreme sectors of Christianity in America. Right. We have to accept that. Yeah. yeah. And it's becoming a more prevalent problem due to the political ideology some churches will latch on to, which is a massive problem in and of itself. Which I'm is not saying religion should be apolitical. There, it's okay to have a bias, but you shouldn't latch your spiritual beliefs on earthly means. Yeah, if I get that what makes you're sense. Yeah, That's, like um, because I don't <clears throat> think a Republican or a Democrat are any more Christian than the other. Because that's just a dick measuring contest. Because when our Constitution was written, it was written for one man under God created equal with liberty and justice for all with religious freedom. And in seeing that, people realize they're able to use religion as a weapon and use that to garner their political ideology into a movement. Right. And to get people to blindly believe anything they say because they attach themselves to something they already believe in. Yeah. So yeah. That, it's essentially politicians pandering to people that they know that are going to vote yeah. for well, them. It's also but something... to be fair, all politicians do this to yeah. any of their demographics. I mean, heck, and it's... the worldwide scale, you can notice with places heavily tied to religion, unfortunately... There's a heavy, what we will call extremist right force moving. Like in Poland, Poland's heavily tied to their church. And unfortunately, some politicians and some extremist groups that are very anti-Semite and whatnot are tying themselves to that for political and power gain. Yeah. That's something that be you, you might be interested to read up about. Um, but, yeah, so that's actually one of my issues that I was going to bring up. Because uh, I mean, is, as I like to say, I, economically, I don't know what Jesus would be. He'd probably be like, everyone gets a fair shot. Do your best. But, like, morally, he'd be, uh, don't hate people. And a lot of Christians love to, love to hate them people. And that, I think a lot of the extremists also ties into the problem of tolerance again because to be tolerant is to be intolerant of t intolerance whereas some people are like oh but he's a good christian dude 
not quoting anybody, but, oh, they're all good people. Good Christians. And, you know, that sets a really bad example when someone is spewing words about death or putting one type of person above the other. Because are we not all on the same playing field? Are we not all equal in the eyes of God? Yeah. Um, basically, to recap what you guys have said, I, I agree. Uh, quit the political idolatry. Calling something a sin, if it is a sin, is fine. But going out of the way to dehumanize a person for voting a particular way is literally, uh, in my opinion, what is wrong with society at large, not just Christians, but everyone. Discourse is dead and we can't speak on things we disagree about civilly anymore, which is why I appreciate being able to do this podcast. Stop identifying denominations politically. This may be my personal bias coming out, but I don't see Christianity clearly stratified in our American political system. Christianity isn't synonymous with voting Republican nor Democrat. There are aspects about Christianity that fall on both sides. For example, I believe it is difficult to remain a Christian and good conscience and support abortion. At the same time, Christians should care about the disenfranchised, poor people, minorities, and outcasts. Beyond this, though, many issues in politics are up to your personal opinion. How much should this group pay in taxes? How should we handle immigration? What I'm getting at is, sure, there are moral issues that Christians should be concerned about, and that can be mapped politically. But most politics involves your personal opinion. The question is which issues are the most important to you. That will determine which way you vote. My methodology is to put the moral issues first, weigh them appropriately, and then factor in the opinion-based issues second. But I don't... I don't be manipulated into believing that Christianity is, by default, synonymous with voting a particular way because, as we mentioned, politicians manipulate those demographics. They, they all bomb kids in the Middle East yeah. and put children in cages. Yeah, and They're so, all dirty bastards. And so if you're someone who is on the fence or kind of questioning, take what Bailey just said there and kind of pull, when thinking about politics, pull your religious self out and weigh these things based on your beliefs not what others believe yeah and also not just that but say like in some situations one might be against or for but look at their plans and methodology because if statistically it shows like oh it dropped it makes this non-exist and if they do what they say but they're for it versus against it you know it's still going to happen like, as we said, with, like, sex, sex education. Mm-hmm. No one w- wants abortions to happen, but if we can educate people on safer measures to do stuff, they happen less often. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, the, the topic of politics is a much broader thing. Oh, and it, it's a we, fucking filthy rabbit hole. <laughs> we may do some episodes later uh, on more specific things. Obviously, I, I don't want to 
turn this into a political show, but I think political issues that tie in with religious belief, um, I think could work for potential episodes. Um, yeah, because as we stated, I'm, even though in the perfect world they'd be separate, they're heavily tied because they're based on our moral codes. Right, and and I think fundamentally, um, f- my philosophy about laws is when when a law gets put into place, that's the government saying this is morally permissible. This is okay. This is how it is. Um, or or to protect X Y Z persons or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so when it, when it comes to voting. Obviously, in my opinion, I think you should put your moral issues first, and those moral issues will be informed by yeah. your religious beliefs. And whether you're religious, whether you're theistic or atheistic, your your religious presuppositions, your worldview is going to come before your political opinions. And then, obviously, after you have formed that, that's going to put you... Um, at least somewhere on the map and you can work your way from there. Yeah. And also just don't and don't vote just because they say they're going to do something. Look at their plan of actions and see because there's some stuff they could do that might go against some other or the same moral disposition you have. Yeah. Because it's not uh, just like with religion, politics is not just a strict binary. It's, but that's that's the thing. The the yeah. main do point, your research. The main point of what I'm getting at with this is don't don't let people tell you because you're Christian you have to vote Republican. Obviously, you're going to be heavily disposed towards a more conservative mindset because Christianity, at least the more orthodox forms of Christianity, is intrinsically conservative in many ways but also like for example up north a lot of christians vote democrat because of the methodologies yeah where the south it's more republican but But basically the bottom line is um don't don't put christianity and republicanism equal on the scale because then that becomes idolatry and don't put too too much weight as a christian don't put too much weight into politics because people are going to let you down and as christ said you can't follow two masters yep and there's still go mom kids in the middle east worship no idol above me thou shalt not have no gods before me mm-hmm. pretty certain that's the first one yeah first commandment big I'll brain say so i don't remember was thou shalt well n- no, no yeah it's it i think i'm pretty sure it's that one but are we ready for another issue? Yeah. Is, is Michael got one? or? Oh, I do. I fucking Michael's do. got a lot of them. Oh, boy. Another issue I have with modern-day with modern Christianity in America, <clears throat> and this has a lot to do with the media in general, is who Christians allow to become the voice of, of Christianity, or who the media allows to become the voice of Christianity. Your Joe Osteen, your... I just blew away COVID. Kenneth Copeland. Um, your, the, the dude that made a... My Pillow. The, the, the prophecies, guys. Yeah, all of them fucking... Granted, people. I think, now, not trying to shit on Pentecostals or anything, but all those people you just mentioned are Pentecostal. What about Duggars? 
I don't. They're Baptists. I don't, I don't know. What was Donald J. Trump? Pentecostal. There's Te- also technically. What is Donald Trump really? But <laughs> nothing. But <laughs> if he were, was yeah, used as the face. As a Christian face in the media, yeah. and they allowed him to roll with that bullshit um, because it put Christianity as a group in power. Instead of looking at the person objectively, they they tied on to the one thing they held similarly, just Christianity. Instead of judging by how... A person really acts how a person really is spiritually and digging deeper they'll take oh yeah i'm a good christian man on the surface level and then yeah, they'll people, allow yeah themselves to be manipulated by the media into believing whatever the fuck the media wants them to believe and yeah. that really puts a nasty taste in a lot and a lot of people's mouth christian agnostic atheists any religious it puts a nasty taste in your mouth when you see these bastards be put forth as the holiest of holy when they're no better than anybody if not they're probably fucking worse yeah also in their person Where christianity to me not to cut you off no no go ahead christianity to me is about your average man and the individual heart and coming together to represent something greater than yourself instead of putting these people on pedestals to rep- to wrongfully represent your religion. You should allow some light to be sh- shined on those little people, yeah. which is a lot harder, but when you've got purely Christian networks that fail to do that, that muddies the water so much, oh, and it's such yeah. a disservice to yeah. Christianity. Christian celebrity culture. Yeah. Is um, fucking toxic. Also speaking of uh, networks, like for example, Butch Hartman, because when he, he was planning on doing like some thing for animation mm-hmm. and then spend it into a kids Christian network instead of doing what he originally proposed and got funding for. Mm. Yeah, he really hmm. soured a lot of people in that kind of sec- sector. And now he's I've heard a little bit about it, but I haven't yeah. gone into specifics. So he's, he's, I assume he's, he, I think I assume what you're saying is he raised money saying it was going to be one thing and then he kind of did something a little yeah, bit different than that and pissed off his, all of his and crowdfunding. And he used his religion as kind of trying to get his own field in a way. Yeah, and gotcha. It all ties into manipulation. Yeah. yeah. As a religious entity that Christianity is in America. Yeah. So yeah, the, pirate... na- the name gets brought down by the people like this. Mm-hmm. And by the crazy cults that muddy the water. That too. And without a, say, Christian court where he's like, yeah, those guys are not with us. That's kind of the problem, a problem with how divided christianity is is you don't really have always one united church body saying this is wrong this is right obviously your big loud catholic voice is going to say this is wrong this is right but Mm -hmm. 
are you listening to them? I mean, are also, you listening to your Baptist? Then, are you listening to your Methodist? Are you listening to the Orthodox? Are you listening mm-hmm. to the Lutherans? Which voice of Christianity are you going to listen no, to? There's so many of them. can also fall into the bureaucracy of organization. Yeah. Because, like, as we've spoken about with uh, Catholic, higher-up Catholics, uh, they like the little kids. Yeah. And that not getting dealt with. And they like to have gay it's like, sex. oh, well, it has to come from the Vatican for them to be removed, but they won't be removed. They'll just be moved to a different place. And it's like, yeah. there's no clear trail of this is what happened and this is why. Yeah. It's just them muddying the waters of their kind of paper trails. And mm-hmm. I think, and like, putting a family like the Duggars up as a poster child, and I can't remember what. Yeah, I'm not they super familiar. Even are they're Baptists, but having them and people using them as an example. Give give like a five second summary of what the deal with them, because I don't know what happened. They had a TV show because that lady keeps popping kids out of her pussy. Nineteen kids, oh. no. but oh. that that's why like I brought TLC up show? and the babies kept being more fucked up each time. Oh no. Didn't they lose like a couple of babies? I oh, think no. I think she did. But yeah, what and I said earlier with the dude going to possibly prison for life because uh, child porn. They covered up him diddling his oh, siblings. You you mentioned that a couple minutes ago. I yeah, yeah, they're Baptists. <laughs> okay, I, I had to double check. I thought they were Baptists, but they're Baptists. And yeah. so when something like like Josh Duggar comes up, really turns people off Christianity. And then they just said, "Oh well, what." We hope the police do a good job. It's like y'all, y'all hid this for decades. Yeah, or yeah. however long he's been diddling his siblings and other kids. Because shit like that just doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. Um, to tie into kind of what you were mentioning, um, the prosperity gospel is a, a problem. Televangelists who manipulate people into donating their money to the televangelists for the purposes of buying themselves more stuff like a jet. Now, I don't mind if a nonprofit organization like a church asks for donations in order to function or do mission trips or something like that, but be transparent about what you're doing with the money and don't spend other people's money on yourself, especially in the name of your religion. The rest of us will thank you. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think we, any of us have a problem yeah. with a preacher having a good, reliable car to drive, a house to live, because that's his job. Right. As a preacher. Or like there's but, like a religion, I think, you should I'm have, pretty sure it's religious, but a non-profit that make, gets beds and makes sure kids have a bed to sleep in. It's like, fuck yeah, I'm down, but that's also fundamental humanitarianism. Yeah. Which also has a lot of deeply religious ties in that sector but i don't think any of us think a preacher should have private jets or fucking hundred fifty thousand dollar suvs lined up in his fucking front yard in a couple million dollar mansion your church donation bowl shouldn't be a glorified only fans yeah good way of putting it good way that, of putting it that is really good way of putting it i'm sorry that's that's probably unfortunately a, a good, good way quote. of putting it. That might end up on social media one day. Yeah. Yeah. When when you're selling merchandise for your church, uh, you going to hell. 
and you're pocketing the money from the merchandise. It's one thing to you know. It's one thing to to, to make sell it T-shirts for to function for your or organization to, and all. or to raise yeah. money for the community or yeah yeah send some kids to sports or to right. school. That's different. That's actually making a fucking difference yeah. in the world. Yeah, and yeah. that's what Christian one part of Christianity is. Trying to be Christ-like and help others. You don't need to take people's money to buy a new pair of Reeboks. Oh, I do. No, no, they don't. They don't buy a pair of Reeboks. They buy like the thousand-dollar Louis Vuitton shoes with a three-thousand-dollar suit and a five-thousand-dollar watch. Yeah. There's yeah. people that have like taken that taken snippets of televangelists and what they're wearing and price it down to what exactly they're wearing, and it's like twenty thousand. The thirty thousand dollars sometimes, yeah, if not more. And, and it's then, like, why the hell do they need this nice shit? You can find a nice enough suit at a regular store. Hell, go to good one and get it custom tailored for you. Yeah, and if you do happen to have a congregation and have a very large congregation, a lot of pressure. There's, there's nothing wrong with having a nice facility. A large facility, because that's what you need. But when a time of need for others come up, don't close your doors. Do the Christ-like thing and help the people who need the help the most. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying any names, but it's been said before. I was actually about to say it. but oh, uh, hit it! Hit it! People like Joel Osteen that want to turn Christianity into a glorified self-help philosophy, uh, they're problematic. Yes, Christianity requires that you grow and repent of your sins. No, it cannot be reduced to a self-help program. And the last thing on this, ultimately, the prosperity gospel is an unrealistic and untenable view. It preaches that once you become Christian, all of your struggles will evaporate and God wills you to be rich. And if that doesn't happen, you must not have enough faith. All this will do is cause a Christian to doubt their faith every time they experience trials or just manipulate them into believing something. People need to have realistic expectations about what being a Christian is like. Jesus said, quote, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. End quote. John 15, 18. Stop sugarcoating Christianity to manipulate people into believing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how? Like, uh, for example, our mom used to work at a food bank. And mm -hmm. sometimes, like, during the summer, I'd go out and help because it's, like, I can see what it's actually doing, and no one's making great money. Even a person running it's not, like, barely making a living. But they're doing it because it's what they deem the right thing to do. And they were a heavy, heavily Christian organization. Yeah. Where it's like, fuck, I, I like helping people. Let's fucking do this. Let's make sure people get fed. Yeah. Whereas a good friend of mine worked at the Salva worked for Salvation Army as a uh, social worker mm -hmm. and trying to help people either st stay housed, food, find housing, fight homelessness, find rehab, but then seeing how dirty that water gets because someone doesn't want to do some paperwork, but yet they want to preach at you to give them all their money. That really does a great disservice to the amount of good that an organization could bring into the world. Yeah. But if are we about ready for the next point? Yeah. So I actually wanted to um, 
do kind of a uh, the opposite of the despair of the oops uh, I did a Freudian slip there sorry um, mm. the opposite of the prosperity gospel the despair gospel uh, it's almost as horrible as the prosperity gospel uh, the despair gospel preaches fear to motivate people to make a decision out of fear alone. These are the ones who preach about fire and brimstone of hell, how much Jesus suffered on the cross, on the cross, how horrible of a fallen sinner you are, etc. Now, I'm not denying that the, these things are true and can be powerful tools in guiding you if delivered properly. But there are some churches that preach on negativity constantly and it becomes what they are known for. <clears throat> Methodist, <clears throat> Baptist. Small doses are necessary, but an abundant of an abundance of negativity or positivity is unrealistic. Like many things in life, the answer is somewhere in the middle. Ah, uh, the classic "you're going to hell." Yeah, that's. Uh, you do this thing, you're going to hell. This is a very negative episode, but uh. But it, it, it these things need to be brought up, honestly. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. there will be some Christians and Christian leaders listening to this and hopefully take it with some degree of um seriousness. Yeah, and just I'm again the point of this is not to rag on Christianity and say it's terrible. I'm Christian. I want these things to change. Christianity isn't terrible, it's the organization and the structures created by humans. Yeah. And also the other thing is this is, in many ways, these are barriers of entry for people like you. It's very gatekeeping. Yeah, it's like, well, I might want to become Christian, but there's all of these problems yeah. with Christians, so why would I want to join that club? Hell, I mean, I, I've I think been that's told, probably some of the things that might be going through your mind. And I've been walking down the street, and just because how I dress and, like, have a long, I'm going to hell immediately. Yeah. Or, like... They ask about religion. I'm like, I don't believe in anything. Yeah. You're going to hell. It's like, I don't believe it. I've been told I'm going to hell because one of my closest friends is gay. Yeah. Because you associate with but, someone who's gay. Therefore, you're going to hell I'll, for... Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Or Makes to total fucking sense, yeah. or We're going it? to hell because we know people that Guilty have killed association. themselves. Yeah. And whenever you guys are ready for next point. Or uh, like, oh, well, your family says you're going to hell. Yeah. You you have one, so I'll let you go. I have two more um, on my list, but you've got a couple that I didn't have. So, to me, one of the biggest problems with Christianity in in America is it's fo it seems focused on the outward spirituality instead of the internal. So a lot of these people will go to church, praise God, all that bullshit, mm -hmm. but it essentially means nothing there's nothing internalized about that there's no questions asked there's nothing learned it's just oh yeah a circle jerk of oh yeah god's good jesus died for our sins don't kill people see you in heaven instead of doing what we're doing here breaking down some of these barriers and trying to understand the ideals and viewpoints and scriptures it's just kind of same thing every week no everyone's afraid to ask questions unless it's the same fucking questions that the preacher's already going to ask 
and if you ask the preacher, blacklisted questions. And if the pre- then you if you go, then if you go to the preacher, sometimes you're just given that. What was what 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 is it? You know exactly what I'm reaching for. If you ask a preacher a question and he only has the same answer, what is it called? God, you said it last episode. Uh, like if he says God as the answer. Oh, uh, God of the gaps. God of the gaps. Fucking a. Or they or sometimes preachers don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, and I, it also. And that goes back to one of the issues we mentioned earlier. If you're a leader, number one, lead by example. Yeah, lead by example <laughs> and own up to your mistakes, but also be knowledgeable because people are going to look to you for that knowledge. And if you don't know, and if you let don't us know, know and be like, I'll get you next week. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. If, if you are not at least like basically informed on some of the thing, like the basics that people would ask, you might not need to be a leader. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest with you. And. Because at the end of the day, Christianity, even though outwardly it is very social, very community-driven, very congregation-driven, it lies on the inner self. Yeah, it's I, it's, I forget, both, it's both and. Yeah, I, I forget if what, and to because it's you, in the singular, accepting Christ into your life and trying to live Christ-like. I think a lot of in America, Christians for lose the plot in that that at the end of the day, it's mostly about your relationship between you and God. It's not your relationship with the preacher, not your relationship with the congregation, not your social standing and everything. It's ultimately about your salvation. Yeah, and I would add like a uh, an asterisk to that and say. Those relationships are important, yeah, but it, they're not as important, and they're not the thing that you should be. Yeah. <clears throat> you shouldn't be um, trying to gain external social approval over an intrinsic relationship with God. It, it I, I get what you're saying. Um, next episode, we're going to be talking about um, why would you go to church. Um, so, I mean, th- this topic will probably yeah. be discussed yeah. in the, that. I guess so. For, there is like an individual aspect of it, which is yeah. important. But as I've learned in my experience, you'll, you'll, the, the road will start to veer off and you won't really have much more to drive on that road after a while. You do need a community of people at a oh, certain yeah. point. So, there is a place for well, both. Community it's just needs individual. You, you have to balance things properly it's better and not to have, prioritize the extrinsic aspect yeah. too much. And you need to have a good foundation to build your house upon. Because if your house is on, if you just put up a frame on sand, it's going to sink. And right. so if you don't have that personal relationship with God, then you going to church means jack shit. You saying it means nothing. Those are empty and, words. And to be to play devil's advocate, though. If you're, say, Michael, and you're looking into Christianity, and you're not necessarily a Christian, but you go to church, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's not. Like, there's nothing wrong with going and learning and not necessarily believing or agreeing with everything, but But it's it's part of that process. But if you call yourself a Christian and you, you know, you're really just going for social reasons shits and giggles you're not a christian that's that's not why you should be going to church and 
I think that's one thing that's pushed me away because my relationship with God is very personal. And that's kind of how I've built my journey as I've gone along is building that relationship first. And then when I find out where I fall along the spectrum, I can then build that communal relationship and allow that to strengthen the house I've already built. Yeah, that makes instead sense. Of, I mean, I've kind of done the same. Yeah. Instead of building the house and then being like, eh, fuck it. You know, it'll go where it goes. Well, it also kind of falls into like, um, for example, like when, you know, you have conversations, something pops up and Michael's like, okay, I'm gonna look into that. Then it's like, okay, now I know what I'm talking about. Continue on. Something else pops up. It, both of them will perpetuate each other either positively or negatively. If you just go for the church for cultural reasons, then you might not be working so much on the inside. I forget yeah. the... The extrinsic and intrinsic is what you're trying to say? Yeah, they both play off of each other. Right. But also, it would lack... I forget the term, but kind of after you're saved, you're on like a path to sanctity or something like that? Oh, sanctification. Yeah, sanctification. And not having one of those kind of delays your process. Yeah, if you if you just believe in justification, then there's no point in sanctification. That's the one saved, always saved problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, there, a lot of people forget that for a lot of human history, there might not have been access to a church. Or True. Access and knowledge. Some people might live in the middle of nowhere and there might not be anything. So yeah. and and that they, could still be a thing today. Or they might not be able to read the Bible. Right. That doesn't mean you can't build that relationship with God. Right. That doesn't mean just because you don't believe in going to church necessarily that you can't learn and build that foundation. And I think that's a big issue because self-exploration and self-recognizing things lead you to where you want to be. Versus going to church and trying to find it there without finding it in yourself first creates a problem. Because a lot of... I can see what you're saying. A lot of what's said is, go to church and it'll eventually make sense. And I'm not saying people like you say that, but a lot of people say, for lack of better terms, that. Yeah. And it doesn't always equate to being right. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I have... A couple more things that I want to mention, um, and these, th- this one at least, uh, is a little, little less uh, terrible. A lot of these we've mentioned are kind of really big issues that do need to be addressed. This is a less important one, but it, I think it's still relevant. Um, churches make too many assumptions about its attendees. So, for example, churches assume the doctrine they teach is true and do little to prove it. For example, how do we know God exists? How do we know we can trust the Bible? What evidence is there that Jesus rose from the dead, etc.? Apologetics type stuff that we've gone through in previous episodes. Also, many theological doctrines are implicitly assumed and not readily apparent to the congregation. For example, you may go to a Catholic church service and never hear that they believe in papal infallibility, the idea that no one has the authority over the Pope and that his word is dogmatic and binding even if it goes against what the church has taught previously. 
Or you may go to a Calvinist church and never hear about double predestination, which is the idea that God has already determined who will go to heaven and hell already, and your choices are merely an illusion. Which, by the way, these are two churches I will not be joining precisely because of these issues. So, um, this this is a really big issue, uh, particularly, and, and I'm learning this now as I'm working my way through different theological views and seeing where I land on that spectrum in terms of Christianity and all. Um, I realize in many ways, because I grew up Baptist, in many ways, I'm not really married to Baptist theology because they didn't really raise me to be a hardcore Baptist. They raised me to be a Christian. Yeah, they didn't I mean, teach, you know, the specific like views on baptism and the Lord's Supper and certain things that are like unique to Baptist theology. They taught mere Christianity. So that makes it easier for me to walk away from a Baptist view into something else. Now, other churches do focus on their theology a lot more um, and they do teach theology. Um but I guess what I'm getting at is a lot of some churches uh, will – a lot of some churches. Some churches will basically assume these things theologically and never really outline them on top of the beliefs. So when, when you're an outsider, maybe you're a complete atheist and you go into church and all these things are being assumed and you have a lot of big questions and – they're not really going to get answered in church because it's just everyone there already assumes X, Y, and Z. So, you know, you're kind of, there's a chasm there yeah, for people. Yeah. Or, or worse. in like, for example, like wait yourself, how long did it take for someone to bring up apologetics to you? It definitely wasn't at my home church. It was, uh, which I mean, I grew up in that church for probably 17, 18 years or yeah. so. And then I went to another church so and not, heard that word. It's not just an issue with... It, it was a, really the community, because that was yeah. not an apologetics and any of the things that we've talked about in these previous episodes that are evidentially based, uh, in my opinion. None of that was discussed at my old church, and that's why I needed to go out and find that. Yeah, it was just... I didn't know what the word apologetics was until I went to another church, which was a mega church, which is a different community. Yeah, it was just assume you had a blind faith to God. Yeah, and basically. Yeah, I, I think that does. That's it becomes worse with every generation because the assumptions grow bigger and bigger, and eventually they'll just be like, "Yeah, God is good. God is great. Yada yada yada. We're done here. See you guys next week." And eventually, the that's, barbecues. That's Saturday. what our youth group boiled down to, because we all went to the same youth group at Bailey's home church. Mm-hmm. And it's like seeing some we didn't soft, soft, well, soft uh, Christian rock song, and then boom, sermon, God's good, the end. And it never really taught us anything about Christianity or bap. It really it, it was it was just a good five ten minute moral lesson that doesn't go more than the skin deep, and then you go play volleyball. Yeah. Or play video games. Or video games. Or ping pong. Then if there are any questions, it's just God. Yeah. Because God said so. Yeah. And... Because God. I think that's why it was easy for all three of us to kind of leave that circle. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and to venture on our individual paths is because there was no backbone there. Or um, another and thing, you could say like it, a lot it of people soulless. that go to it was boneless, Christian schools end up leaving Christianity because, like, their class for like Bible studies just reading the Bible instead of, okay, why, what, why specifically we want to read it? The what history was going behind, on in the culture going, at this time? The moral what, stories behind what, it, yeah. the, the lot, you know, instead of the deep question says, oh, just read it. And it's like, but why? I can read the Bible on my own. You're not helping me. Yeah, yeah that's why a lot of, and also at the other issues we've stated are a lot of reasons kids that grew up in to like Catholic school or other Christian schools end up leaving because they firsthand get to see all these issues and are like, why the fuck should I care? Yeah, they're taught nominal belief at best. And I... Instead I of think it's a deep questions. Instead of teaching one to think for themselves, they want you to think as the group. Instead of asking those questions and going, "Hey, we're going to read this verse today. What does it mean to you? What do you see in it? Any questions? It's memorize this verse and you get a fucking star. A plus. Yeah, you read it beautifully, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forgot some words, but good enough. And I think that's why a lot of people who are searching for religion should focus on the inner self first, your personal spirituality, because then that will help you find where you fit in. And I think it's a disservice that churches don't teach finding your own belief, even if it may go against that certain doctrine, because one thing we're all gifted with is free will and the free will to ask a question and to find our meaning in that question. Yeah. And by trying to blindly indoctrinate people, it does a massive disservice to Christianity as a religion or Islam. As, any religion, yeah. it does a massive or, disservice yeah. to Or it. like if they're teaching like a certain section of the Bible, like here's the history behind it. Here's what we believe doctrine wise and then here's other interpretations and here's kind of the compare here's what we believe and why yeah and here's the compare and contrast right there might be here's a gap we have but it's backed up by this and this and this and then they have this and this and this it, i mean it would take possibly a year to get through a single passage but you learn something and you learn all the nuances of it yeah. Instead of just like, oh yeah, read the Bible. And I it, will say one thing though, uh, at least about my old church. Not everyone was terrible. I will yeah. say, in my opinion, I think the pastor was very good. There was one thing that he said that I definitely am going to carry on. Is he wishes um, he was speaking about raising his kids. He said he he kind of wishes he taught them how to think and not what to think. Yeah, and I think that. That really gets to the heart of a lot of the issue. Christian education and in and, and any way, whatever you're trying to teach people is like, don't teach them. This is the thing you think you need to teach them. Why do you think that? And, yeah. and think it through for yourself and and kind of like you can nudge them along because you're a teacher. Right. But don't just say this is what you believe and offer no reason why that to also, put that in simple words don't indoctrinate them educate them 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Though it also, I mean, it falls on a kind of human aspect we're noticing more and more now with, uh, say, our education system. It's like, oh, yeah, just memorize these, memorize these sections. Don't ask why you need to memorize them. Don't ask the importance of them. Just memorize them and you'll make an A on And so test. you can move on to the next next thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's lacking the critical thinking skills. That like, God bless a, this way. It, it's, and, and plus that issue is like, there's no practicality in that. And the thing mm-hmm. is, there's so much practicality in Christianity. It's just, you don't have people that think practically always. Yeah. yeah. Like for, like to put it into a worldly terms, like, for a programming class, one programming class I had, we had like some multiple choice tests and yeah, you could read the back of the book, but we also had assignments where you actually had to critically think, plan out and implement certain things. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, yeah, they had to do to memorize this bullshit just because that's what the board wanted, but they got to do this. So we learned critical thinking and we understand why we're learning it right yeah and because i mean both are good and balanced now just memorizing is might want to do just very little of that but yeah it's all about balance and one last note on this is a lot of the issues i've stated before with christianity ties into this issue strongly because people aren't taught to think for themselves. They're taught in kind of the group mentality and a lot of assumptions are made. And so that allows for political powers to overreach and to kind of blend in to the church and to manipulate people and allow them to be easily manipulated because we're not teaching people how to think. Yeah. And I think that's also a societal issue. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, just to uh, to kind of tie in my my last issue is is it it ties in with this. It's um, a lack of education. As I mentioned uh, earlier, I had never heard the word apologetics until I went to a megachurch. And I can't underemphasize the power of apologetics because it is the single most important thing that kept me a Christian in my time of uncertainty. For reference, everything that I've discussed up uh, in the, on the podcast up to this point can be considered apologetics. It's an intellectual offensive and or defensive case for Christianity. Without apologetics, the average Christian is not adequately prepared to handle opposing worldviews beyond pleading ignorance. It's like going to war without a weapon. Uh, And we also mentioned this earlier. Some churches even shun intellectualism. If only they knew how many of the world's greatest innovators that were Christian, like Francis Bacon, who invented the scientific method. Sir Isaac Newton, who was a physicist. Oh, but he he was a naughty Christian. But he was a heretic. He didn't (laughs) believe in the Trinity. Anyway. uh, That's a weird things that we could go into yeah well different discussion for a different day uh johannes kepler who discovered planetary motion among many many others and how much of a profound impact those people had on the world not to mention this is opposed to what the bible teaches quote an intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge proverbs 18 15 
Um, and basically, the last part I have on this uh, is many churchgoers know very little, if anything, about church history. It took me going to college and seeking out an ancient Christianity course, which I only knew because I had the professor before and she recommended that I take the course to even know uh, that it existed and to learn about church history. It is important to understand your religion's historical views and shortcomings as well as what, uh, what it did well and what it failed at in order to succeed in the future. So overall, just... Teach people. Yeah, like, as we spoke previously, like, the church, especially with science, it was, like, for a good while, the leading innovator of science and discovery. But as other people have been like, oh, yeah, we'd love to learn, too. It's like, yeah, well, we're going to do something different. God doesn't want us to learn. Yeah. And, or, and that's that's a more fundamentalist recent American thing. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of overall church history. Yeah. I mean, as I said, like. But for people around this... here who don't know anything outside their Baptist bubble, mm -hmm. uh, they're not going to know that these other things out there exist. Yeah. Or the underlying influences like uh, major influence for American Christianity is the Cold War. Because Russia, the heartless, godless, communist, we're going to be good Christians. That's why we put in God we trust in our bills. And we as kind of we've seen the rise in conservative Christians. Well, not conservative, but more fundamentalist Christians and political power. Yeah, and, and it's also kind of a political opposition to what was our enemy at the time, and if not right now, yeah, yeah. And, and also Puritanism and like some fundamentals within. Yeah, and also with the rise of different technologies, people fearing it played a heavy part. And it also seems that Christians have allowed themselves to be reactionary instead of leading the path. With a lot of those issues, even in the modern day. The anti-intellectual. It's not because in the past it was an issue, but because, oh, this or that. Oh, well, I'm going to believe the opposite because fuck you and your beliefs. They're just pulling an Amish with extra steps. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say is it seems the one thing people would say will lead you further from Christianity brought you closer to it and brought you closer to true meaning and that is free will and free thought because you have taken taken that power that has been bestowed upon you and you have used it to learn and to exercise your thoughts and your beliefs and that's what separates you from the issues we have stated you have found it in yourself to explore and to ask questions and to understand you're not going to get all the answers. But you're going to look for them, damn it. That's what fucking matters. And that's what we call a big brain move. And Thanks, I, guys. I think that's... Free will and free thoughts brought me closer to being more spiritual, more religious. Because I've sat and I've thought. And for any of you people who say, Oh, well, if you actually think about it, this, that, or the other, it's all personal. Don't be a dick. If you think about it, it doesn't mean you're going to end up Christian. If you think about it, it doesn't mean you're going to end up atheist. It just means you're going to come closer to what you really believe in. Yeah. And if that's 
anything positive you can take from this episode yeah it's been uh think for yourself yeah it's been education is key it's been very negative and depressing but these are important points that need to be brought up so that yeah. people can be aware of them and fix them and it's not just and in... i'm not i'm let me not be like the guy who is claiming to be the perfect christian and pointing fingers at it, all the other dirty non-perfect christians uh no I've got plenty of problems and I need to work on several things, but you're working on these are the things that I can see as an insider. Michael has brought up some things that he can see as an outsider. And we have roughly probably a dozen issues here that could be fixed. And if they were taken seriously, the face of Christianity in America would completely change. It would be the whole cultural view of Christianity would flip if these things were taken seriously. Yeah, it and would also, allow... it's not just with uh, Christianity either, with a lot of these issues. I mean, with like the televangelists, there's Islamic televangelists, and they say some really fucked up shit. <laughs> or edgy atheists. Yeah. If you can really take a lot of these points in, in America... You can point... apply them to a lot of different people and groups. Yeah, it's just... Christianity is the prominent religion in America. Right. And so it's even more shown these shortcomings in us as Americans and Bailey's Christian. I'm the outsider looking in and David's outsider looking out. We all want these issues to be worked on and to be fixed because we want a better place to live in and to study and to find our beliefs. Yeah. And we want essentially a safe place where it's okay to ask these questions. It's okay to think differently because that is what Christianity was about. They thought differently. They had their savior and they followed him to the fucking end and they lost their lives for it. Yeah. So if there's anything to take away from this episode, again, to reiterate, this episode, the point of this episode is not just to shit on the dirty, bad Christians. It's uh, really to bring to mind some of the issues that we are aware of, of Christians in America, so that they can be fixed. To sum up, many of the church's problems, uh, churches' problems today, can be solved by educating the congregation in areas of theology, exegesis, which is how to read the Bible, philosophy, history, and the cultural context of the Bible, apologetics, and possibly even science. The old way of doing things, at least in the church that I attended, is not going to cut it and sustain people in today's climate. A balanced approach should be used when preaching the Bible to a congregation. Not too much doom and gloom, not too much rainbows and sunshine. Be up front with prospective attendees about a church's views and practices so the individual can determine whether or not that church is a good fit. Don't make secondary issues, like your views on Genesis 1, be dogmatic and binding. Hold leaders accountable and ensure they publicly admit when they have acted wrongly. And lastly, don't make Christianity about voting a certain way. It's much more complicated than that. Those are a summary of my issues. Michael brought up yeah. some as well. Because, yeah. I mean, if not as kind of I stated before, I forget if it was this episode or previous one, 
with like for example um a lot of basically most of the countries are heavily christian are losing christians and i think a lot of these reasons are why it because i mean if there's no one to answer questions and all you see is bullshit i ain't gonna believe it yeah no I don't if i didn't say, have answers i don't uh, say for these questions i probably atheist, wouldn't be christian right now but they're all just kind of stuck and like i don't want to be a part of this shitty thing when there has to be something better yeah it's time we take that rock and we polish it up and we show that it truly is a diamond underneath and also that's beautiful if you want your congregation to die like our local church youth group is dead and yeah, I'm pretty certain there's no one. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe there's like one person because I knew he was like younger than us and not quite in the youth group, but there's nobody. There's no youth that go there. And I feel like that church in the inning of and itself it has is... gaps. And also, if your your church has age gaps, like there's certain groups of ages that are missing, your church is dying. Yeah, and I feel like that church yeah. is on its way out. If you don't want to end up like that and you don't want your religion, Christianity, or whatever your religion is to end up a thing of the past, and you truly believe that this is the way to salvation, practice some of these things and just try to make your religion a little bit better. You're just one person, but every little bit counts. If everyone does that, you're shining a fucking star. Yeah. Shining bright like a diamond. Like, for example, with our church, a, a good chunk of the people... We went to church with ended up like going dark paths in their lives afterwards. Yeah. And it just makes me think what happened if like the church was a positive influence on them and taught us something. And I, I don't want to yeah. complete. I know I've, I've been, we've been low key, high key bashing my old church, but yeah. in many there, ways I've heard, people. I've, yeah, I've heard a lot of people that are like, well, that church was there for me in a rough time and yeah. they made a community mm -hmm. for me and it made my life a lot better. So yeah. It, they, just, it depends on what obviously different people need and different the generation, things, yeah. and it's but. a generational gap because like with a lot of our generation we have a lot more issues we have to face now and a lot yeah. more information on our hands yeah yeah whereas but as you plus, said with the generation if you have different age gaps missing that generational gap and like because at a certain point a lot of people just kind of tune out do their own thing and like okay and that all that leads to like issues we've noticed. Yeah. So uh, and as you get older, stay in tune with the them kids and the previous the younger people as well, because you might be able to help them out and give them a guiding hand spiritually, mentally, whatever. Yeah. And as I've said before, you can learn good things from anywhere if you really look for it. And there's been some things that people at that church have said that have stuck with me for the rest of my life. Same, yeah. But that means more. I don't want to see the good fade away into nothingness even more. Even though I'm not a Christian, I'm not Baptist. Damn sure not Baptist. <laughs> but I, for people who are, I want there to be something... And for them to be able to learn and understand and appreciate. And if it's dying, it's not going to be there in 10 years for the next generation. 
And I think that's the biggest part of it. We got to keep ourselves going. Gotcha. Anything else anybody else needs to add? I think that's pretty much it, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it's been. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed our two uh, one off, two off foil episodes where we've roasted the atheists well, and we, roasted the Christians. I mean, we and, did Christianity and atheists and then Christianity again. Yeah. In more detail for Merle. <laughs> yeah. So um, next time we are going to talk about, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about. Why exactly should you go to church? It's going to be probably a little bit of a shorter one, but uh, I have a couple interesting things to talk about and mm-hmm. some some teasers for some important things that will be coming up soon. So definitely uh, tune, tune in to the next one, in. and you'll yeah. find out about some the new cool new series that we're doing, whatever that might be. Dope. It's going to well, be dope. Well, it's, it's all just bash. Atheist churches are kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, why why, why do atheist churches exist? But guys, it's been a hood and a holler. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. It's been real fun. See you guys next time on Facing the Gates. Follow us on Twitter. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facing the Gates. Uh, uh, Email us with comments, questions, concerns. FacingTheGatesPod at gmail.com. Listen to us on Spotify, Podbean, YouTube. uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher. Google. Uh, There's so many. I can't remember. Google Podcasts. Uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, Pandora. Pandora. Pandora's a big one. Which uh, is surprising. There's uh, Listen Notes. Uh, there's uh, so many. Just there's find a bunch us. of them. Basically. And shout out to my Russian boys. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to our international viewers. Thanks. Thanks, international crew. Thank you guys for if listening. If I'd known Russian, I would say something for you. And uh, share it with your friends if you've enjoyed this. If you uh, if you know a Christian who will not be offended by the bad words that we've said in this episode, um, they shouldn't. fuck it. If they are, send it to them anyway. Yeah, send this Gotta episode to them, them and be like, hey, these guys have some good ideas. We should uh, implement these things. Send it to your preacher. Send it to your congregation. Send, send it, it to, to your, send it to the pope. Send it to your grandma. <laughs> send it to the pope, please. Send it to the pope. Send it to the pope. Just please. I want to hear. I want to get an Italian letter from him back, and I'll be like, I don't, just, why are you guys shitting you guys on are us? Fucked up. And he's just ask, asking us like how That's, we, it's just that he, he could change the Catholic Church TV logo. Pope just. <laughs> Pope, Pope just says, you guys suck. And that's all that he wrote. Now he goes, pull up, pussy. What are you going to do about it? But, he, but he's got the official Catholic, Catholic steel on it. Seal. And, and uh, a so signed we're going to have to frame that shit, and it'll be a part of our and set. And a signed photograph with him holding the note so you know he wrote it. Yeah. Send it to the Pope, guys. Anyway. Send it to your religious leaders, your family, your friends, your dog. Fuck, I don't care. Play this shit on mute on repeat. I don't care. Yeah. Just listen to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And spread the wor- messages we're spreading, yeah. and let's make this world a better place and understand each other a little bit better every uh, week. That's beautiful. Wow. What a guy. See you guys next week. See you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye. Love you.